Well, there is nothing like a list to get people talking. And this right here is Derek Rucker's top 15 players of this season in the NBL. The great man is in the house. Are you out of your mind to put this <laughs> list together? Do you know what's about to come once we press record on this thing? I don't know how I came up with this idea. I think <laughs> I was sitting in bed late one night and trying to work through the MVP and all NBL teams. And I said, you know what? Sometimes these teams aren't a true reflection of who's a really good basketball player. So I decided to start working on this list. It started as a top 20 list, and now I've got it down to the top 15 players in the NBL. Uh, send all feedback to Derek Rucker on social media. Now, in all seriousness, the hashtag NBL24. Give us your thoughts. We're going to start from 15 up today. Next episode, we'll go through five through one. Let's just talk about a little bit before we get down to business about how you go about creating your list. Is it all data-driven? Is it the eye test? Is it what other people say? How does this all come together for you? I use everything. So basically, I look to see, are you a winning player? Have you contributed to your team's success if your team has had success? So if your team isn't good, it's probably going to hurt your chances of being in this top 15 list. And obviously, I look at the advanced metrics. I look at your defensive rating, your team's defensive rating, how you impact that. Are you an impact player? Do you have star power, Jack? Are you a draw card in the league? Do people want to come out and watch you play? Are you a polarizing figure? There are some polarizing figures in here who, in my opinion, that generates, that generates excitement and enthusiasm. So that ups your rating. There's a lot that goes into it. I want to check you out in game, in the venue. Are you a good teammate? Yeah. How do you interact with your coaches? What's all that like? What's your body language? Are you a good role model for the next generation of of athletes coming through. There's so much that goes into it, and I guess this is why it's taken so much time for me to get this together. And just to take all the fans behind the curtain a little bit here, we're in the FIBA break right now. We're not too far away from the playing tournament starting. This has been a concept that has been in the works for about two months. How many times in, in the space of the two months, so the last six, seven weeks of the season, has your list changed? It's been really difficult, especially with so much change in the second half of this season. Guys hitting hot patches, teams totally reversing their fortunes, and then also measuring recency bias and performances against guys who have outstanding track records and years of success in the competition. So it's been really tough. I've only shown the list <laughs> to two people during that time. Andrew Gaze and Liam Santamaria. Liam, thank you. You were a lot more supportive than Andrew was. Andrew said I was out of my mind with some of my decisions, but I took both of those guys' uh, recommendations and, and, and I heeded some of their advice, and they've had a small contribution to this as well. And lastly, when you're putting the list together, what does reputation mean? But does it mean anything in your mind? It does, but it depends where you are right now how much weight I give to your reputation so there'll be some guys that have some historical evidence that I will allude to when their time comes along and I think you know I'm a traditionalist I love the history of the game so I'm certainly going to acknowledge that as being significant. Hashtag NBL24 on all social media to leave your thoughts. Don't slide into Derek's DMs. He's not going to read them because there's going to be a lot of feedback. We're going to start today with number 15 and work our way up. Next episode, we'll go five through one. So there are going to be some apologies and some very unhappy people, but let's start with number 15. Well, that's Milton Doyle. He's a fantastic scoring two guard for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. 
One of, the, one of the guys that plays in the new age that I feel could have done very well in any era of the NBL. Shoots the ball at a decent clip. But the thing I like about him, Jack, is that he seems like he's low maintenance and he's all about winning and doing what is required for the jack jumpers. He believes in the jack jumper way. He looks like he's extremely coachable. And he likes the big moment. Not afraid to take big shots. Also, when the jack jumpers are popping, He's one of the main reasons, so that's why he is in the top 15. And I think, honestly, Derek, this will be the first surprise for people is Milton Doyle at 15. Has his second half of the season and been a little bit patchy in his form, has that impacted why he's at 15 and not higher up? Definitely, and the Jack Jumpers, they went on a slide there where it looked like they might be in a little bit of trouble. Well, they steadied the ship late in the season, and now it looks like they're going to be a threat in the finals, but Doyle's slip in form due to some personal stuff that we know he yeah. encountered midway through the season was reflected in the team's play but I think now that he's started to find his way again you see the jack jumpers back on the rise oh it's a hot start this one <laughs> at number 14 who's next number 14 I've got Isaac Humphreys now this is a tough one <laughs> I'm not being I'm not being heavily influenced by recency bias Isaac has had a tremendous second half to the season in particular since Scott Ninnis took over and he seemed to get more usage He's a decent rim protector, but the thing I like about him is offensively, he's low maintenance, doesn't require a lot of the basketball, but is still very efficient. It was a tough one. Sam Froling and Isaac Humphreys are very similar when you look yep. at their advanced metrics, but I think Humphreys has a little bit more offensive skill, slightly better athlete, and so I gave him the nudge over Sam Froling, who didn't get into the top 15. And Humphreys is an interesting one. I mentioned how much your list has changed. There, there were times when you did your first draft of this, he wasn't on the list. But by the end of it, I guess you couldn't ignore his form, could you? And one of the problems with modern basketball is that it's so focused on perimeter players that it's hard sometimes for bigs like Isaac Humphreys to have an impact in the game because you're always dependent on the perimeter guys deciding to give you the yeah. basketball. So it is skewed, and there is some bias against Biggs. But when you look at his numbers and the impact he's having now that they've decided to feature him more, I had to put him in. He was a big part of Adelaide's revival in the second half of the season under Scott Ninnis to number 13. Number 13, Will Magne. Oh! Will Magne. This is tough because one of the things I really value is durability. And whether it's Will's fault or not his fault, misfortune, whatever the case may be, he's not durable, Jack. And if he were, he's a top five player. He would be in the top five in this ratings. Okay. But he's had all types of lower limb injuries, which is a concern. He's a fantastic athlete. And what he does for that Jack Jumpers team, he, he is probably the number one defensive presence in the competition. His individual rating uh, defensive rating is below 97 and surprisingly when he's on the floor with the jack jumpers mm -hmm. their offensive rating is sky high I think his net rating is like plus 30 so Will Magne I think could be a top five player in the competition just a function of his health two questions on Will number mm -hmm. one do you think some people will be surprised that he's even in the top 15 at all they will be surprised but as I said I factor in so many different equations uh, so many different factors into the equation and the bottom line is this guy is a world-class shot blocker. He is an elite athlete. He didn't get to the NBA uh, just on luck. The guy has talent, and he's still only young. So I'm going to give him a bit of an exemption, 
on the health, uh, yeah. on the health requirement. Yep. And he's number 13. And then the second part to that is, do you think if we were sitting here this time next year, ahead of playing, and, and Will Magne has a healthy NBL season, you believe he's a top five player in this league? He's an all NBL first team guy. Make no mistake about that. The one thing I would love to see him add is the three-point shot. We saw glimpses of it years ago when he played for Andre Lamanis up in Brisbane, but that's an area that he needs to revisit and start to develop again. Okay, so a little bit of love for the bigs early on. Yes. Who's next in Derek Rucker's top 15? This is the first, the first polarizing player, Dejan Vasiljevic. Very, very hated player and very much beloved. We know in New South Wales, he's probably not very loved right now. <laughs> He had a great stint with the Sydney Kings where he won championships. High confidence, high self-belief player. Went over, thought he should have made the NBA. We saw mm. comments, you know, a few weeks ago, anti-Wizards comments. He thinks he's an NBA player. Yep. And that's fine. He thinks he belongs in the Boomers. And that's fine. I know a lot of people that don't believe any of those things should happen. But I'm never faulting a guy for confidence. He is not the, the most athletic player in the competition. He doesn't even look like he should be a professional basketball player. But the guy works. He's got a skill set that he knows how to utilize to the best of his abilities and to get the most out of what he has. And the thing that has really impressed me, Jack, is since he's started to lift his game and play more the right way, the Adelaide Sixers have gone up. And his contribution, his combination with Isaac Humphreys, is something that they can build on for years. I've got a lot of respect for, for DJ. He does a great job. And you've spoken about this before. It's, his game's evolved. He's not just a, a catch-and-shoot perimeter player now. There, there quickly, are other facets quickly, to his game. He figured yeah. it out really yeah. fast. And that ability to learn quickly, I've mentioned it about Bryce Cotton before, that is, that is essential if you're trying to be a great player. And it also takes strain off your coach. When your coach can tell you this is what I need from you and you can go out as a player and fix that up within weeks, that gives a coach ability to focus on other stuff and it makes your team better. Two Adelaide 36ers in early. We move to number 11. Luke Travers. This guy's going to the NBA. Make no mistake about it. Um, so this may be a little bit low considering that he's, in my opinion, a future NBA guy with the Cleveland Cavaliers. But right now, Again, he's someone that needs to string along months of good basketball. We see high-level play weeks at a time. But I think what the NBA guys want to see is longevity over the course of a season. Can you get it done? Can you stay healthy? Because when he's healthy, he is probably one of the two or three top all-court players in the competition. He can defend. He can get it off the rim, push it. He passes well. He's six foot eight, extreme, extremely athletic. And he's got great length. This guy's an NBA prototype. Often I mention the comparison to Sam McKinnon, and he does a lot of that. And I think once he adds a steady stroke, which we started to see at the end of his stint in Perth, we haven't seen it that much with Melbourne United, but we know it's there. It's just a matter of him going out, showing the courage, and believing that he can do it. What have you seen in his season at Melbourne that perhaps you didn't see in his time at Perth? Well, he looks more committed. And I think the change, just getting into a new system with a new coach, has done wonders for him. And I think probably playing with a stronger group, a deeper group, has maybe alleviated a little bit of that performance pressure on him. And as a result, his performances may actually be improving. Yeah. And I'm keen to see how he goes in this finals. Now we're starting to get to the pointy end. <laughs> At number 10, 
I took a lot of heat saying how good this guy was earlier in the season. Jack McVay. I don't care what anybody thinks. Just go purely look at his numbers. He shoots 52% from the field. You know how hard that is to do in the modern game? Yeah. And he's not a guy that's just picking and choosing his shot. He actively seeks shots, but in a non-imposing manner. Another guy who thoroughly believes in what Coach Scott Roth is trying to get down there, get done down there in Tasmania, plays the right way, plays with a lot of enthusiasm, and I just have a lot of faith in big game situations. He gets it done. This Jack Jumpers team has played in tremendously huge games over the past two seasons in their infancy, and he's been a big part of that. He will be an interesting one in what fans think. And, of course, hashtag NBL24 to let us know what you think. I'm not sure there'll be much dispute about him being in the top 15, Rock. I actually think there'll be a lot of people who will be pleased to see that he's getting the recognition that he deserves like this. Well, when I ran this by Andrew Gaze, um, he felt that McVeigh was hard done by not to be in the top 10. Yeah. So I, I understand that perspective, but I just think he's well, he's well slotted in at number, at number 10. We're getting to the single figures now. Mm. At number nine, Keanu Pender. Love what this guy brings, uh, a great athlete. He's really improved his team basketball play since going out to Perth. I think it's more of a controlled environment than what he was used to in Cairns, and that's not knocking what was going on up in Cairns because that, was, that set the platform yeah. for him to go on to this success. But sometimes it's really hard trying to go to an outstanding program with the tradition that the Perth Wildcats have and trying to fit in and make it work. And I think it was rough early on, but he's done a great job in the back half of the season. He's an excellent defender. A lot of people, you know, probably want to say, well, what's the difference between him, Humphreys, Froling, Magne? Why is he higher than those guys? And I think it's the fact that he makes a solid contribution to one of the best teams in the league mm. and the fact that his team is, has a real shot at winning the championship. He seems low maintenance. Pretty reckless. That scares me, but I also love it at the same time. Um, and he's only going to get better. He's still learning the game. He's got some offensive talents that can still be polished up a little bit. We have, we have not seen the best of Keanu Pender, and, I, and I'm just delighted for him. After his entry into the league, people were questioning him. They, they thought he was just an NBL one player. So now to be uh, in this list, I think, is a real... A real credit to him. Yeah, he, your point there is a great one. On that, I agree with you. I don't think we've seen the best of Keanu Pinder as yet. Could you see a situation where maybe in 12 months' time, we, we, again, we get back together and we do this list and Keanu Pinder's a top five player in the league? Without a doubt. And the irony of putting together one of these lists is he very well could be an all-NBL first-team player now or a second-team mm -hmm. player. But just because you're one of those guys doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in the top five or the top ten here but in this case you know he's just a really solid basketball player jack and another thing i'm going to give him credit for is learning to play with a megastar yeah that's really difficult when you were the guy and you're brought in as a high price recruit learning to play with a guy like bryce cotton it's not for everyone but he's figured it out, and they seem to have a really good working relationship. We've got a couple to go in this episode, and then five through one will come next to number eight. Gary Clark. Love this guy for the Illawarra Hawks. Didn't love him at the Blitz. I'm going to tell you for real. I, I didn't think that he was up to it, but then we learned that he was unwell. He was sick. He was adjusting to being over here in Australia. And the coaching staff told me, like, this guy can really play. Yeah. But now we're seeing... A coaching change probably helped 
but also physically he's in much better shape. He understands the league. Now we're seeing an athleticism that I had not anticipated, that I didn't foresee. He's one of the top ten players in the competition, and he is the main reason that the Illawarra Hawks have climbed way up the ladder as rapidly as they have. We've never seen an ascendancy like this in league history, and I'm just keen to see if Gary Clark remains in this league for years to come because, Jack, I'm trying to stitch him up. He's fascinating in that he's very much a nuts and bolts player, but he does have some very special elements to his game as well. Well, he shoots the ball well. He's a good inside-out guy. You know, he's six foot eight, athletic, and he shoots at about 36, 37% from the three, and that's an outstanding clip for all the other things that he does. And again, he fits in well with what they're doing. It seems like he vibes very well with Justin Tatum, and with the two import guards, they figured out a nice way to get things done. To number seven in Derek Rucker's top 15. This is starting to get very, very serious now. This was tough. And early in the season, Parker Jackson Cartwright and Jordan Crawford were playing outstanding basketball, and it was hard to separate the two. But PJC has now separated himself. He has been outstanding this season, averaging about 20 points per game, shooting it at a pretty solid clip. But I like the fact that with all the turmoil that New Zealand has gone through this year with injuries and player transitionings, he's been able to keep it together and just give them a nice floor to work upon. And another player like Gary Clark, who I think can be around and have an impact in this league for years. He's very dynamic with the ball, and I like the effort that he provides on the defensive end. He's a small guy. He understands that he's got to fight. He's got to scratch for everything on the defensive end. And he does a good job of generating offensive opportunities from his defense. And he's a moments guy that we've seen it time and time again this season. Late in a, in a shot clock, late in a game, they go to Parker Jackson Cartwright. And he doesn't run away from the moment. He relishes it. Well, the moment that we, we know best was when they went over to Perth a few weeks ago and knocked off the Wildcats in a must-win situation, and he dominated the yeah. first half of that game. I think he had 19 points. He went out there and he made plays, and he set the table for what was to be a big victory for New Zealand. I love how he plays. I like his attitude. And having interviewed him a few times in person, terrific person. And the other thing with him, when, when he was signed, it was Parker Jackson Cartwright to play with Will McDowell White. It's gone the other way, hasn't it? Now it's Parker Jackson Cartwright and Will McDowell-White has had to learn how to play with him. That's right. And they have a very nice tandem. And if you add Isaiah Liafa in there, it's almost a triumvirate of guys who can handle that ball. And they all seemingly work well together, which is a credit to the top dog, which is Jackson, uh, Parker Jackson Cartwright, because he's willing to acquiesce and allow what is best mm. for the team to take priority. Lastly for this episode, to number six. It's getting tough. It's getting tough, and I fought over this one internally, but I'm have to go with Joe Lawala Chul Jr. at number six, a devastating inside presence who is a tremendous athlete, has great length, multiple championship winner with, multi, uh, with Melbourne United. We understand his value. I think he's a future MVP of the competition, if not an NBA prospect still, Jack. He has a lot of versatility in the offensive end. He's a very good defensive player and an underrated rim protector and I just think as as he develops his skill set I think he might get an NBA call we've seen really? what Duop Reith has done and you know if I look at those two what's the big difference well Duop's got a bit more mass and body mm. about him and maybe the slender frame of Joel Wallachul is somewhat 
you know, concerning to the NBA people. But I would say look past that because this guy's a terrific player and he's going to feature prominently in this finals. Well, I think you can start to do the maths about who hasn't made the list so far, but importantly, who's going to be part of one through five. And that's coming up next. Of course, reminder, hashtag NBL24 to leave us your thoughts. Tell us what you think about Derek's top 15 so far. The next episode and the final one is coming in the next couple of days. Well done for getting this far. That right there is not an easy thing to do. Well, thank you. And yeah, it's taken a lot of time and uh, I'm curious to hear what people think. Look, hit me up. I, I, I am all about learning and trying to get other people's perspectives. So I'm putting this out there and I hope everyone has a good time with it. We'll catch you next time as we go through five to one in Derek Rucker's top 15.